If you believe, let's say it together, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of John, chapter 10. We're carrying on in the series of hearing God's voice. John chapter 10. Just want to begin at verse 5. These are words in red. He says, Jesus said, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize his voice. Go back to verse 4. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know. Say no. Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you again today. Your word speaks very clearly of the truth that your sheep will hear your voice. Your sheep will know when it's you speaking. And Father, I thank you that that is your heart and will for all of us, and you have the ability to make that happen. Before we begin, I ask for a fresh anointing. Holy Spirit, would you again possess me, my mouth, my mind, every part of me, that I would only say what I hear you saying, that as I'm up here, God, you would be speaking and depositing into me your words, and I would just simply speak them out. With the authority you've given in the name of Jesus, I bind up every demonic entity, every demonic bird that would snatch the seed. I command you now to release every person and be outside the walls of this building in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you again that you are a Father who speaks. And I thank you today that you will be speaking things that I am not going to say, but your sheep will hear them. Let them capture those words and let them be changed by them. We believe that a single word from you can change everything. And so by faith we say thank you for what you're going to do here today. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. I want to just tell you um, something that is kind of encouraging as a pastor. It's been very interesting over the last two, three, four weeks since we began the series on hearing God, how many of you have come to me and said, I don't know if you're aware, Call, but if you listen to this person, they're talking about hearing God. And they go, I'm listening to this person, they're talking about hearing God, and they're reading this book, and it's like, I just picked up a book, and it's talking about hearing God, and people are coming and going, I just want to encourage you that you are right on track with what the Holy Spirit is doing to the larger body, and calling us to a place where we are getting good at hearing His voice, knowing it's Him, and being led by Him. I want to tell you that's encouraging. And so, can I just say it again? I encourage you to be listening to great teachers. I encourage you to be reading great books. I encourage you to be listening to uh, teachings on the computer, on YouTube. There is some anointed stuff out there. Don't ever just rely on what you get on here Sunday morning. I believe what you get here might be 10, 5, maybe 15% of the food that you need for your spirit man to grow. 
And so I, I just bless you, those of you who got the CDs, those of you who listen, those of you who go and hear other people speak and teach, whether it's the Believer's Conference, whether radio, whatever, bless you. But I just want to say that word encourages me because the Spirit of God is obviously wanting to do something in his body during these days. We've talked about it before, that as, as the days come closer to the end, uh, those who hear the voice of God and are led by that voice are going to be saved from a pile of things that those who don't hear are going to walk straight into. And I believe that's why it says really clearly, the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, which means they hear His voice and they follow. Yesterday, how many of you, when you're in the washroom, how many of you have a bathroom blessing, a book or a little thing you read? How many, just raise your hand. The washrooms, those are powerful places. Can I just encourage you? In the midst of our day, there are about a 30-second to a two-minute moment that you can capture. But I, I want to read yesterday. Um, I had a moment, and in front of us is our faith to faith. And Mark 7, just let me read it to you. This is from Gloria, and she says, expect to hear his voice. And I looked at that, and I went, God, that is just awesome. She says, the next time the devil tries to tell you that you can't hear God's voice, remember that every believer has the privilege of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. To exercise that privilege, receive it by faith and put yourself in a position to hear. The Spirit of God will never guide you in opposition to the written word of God, so get familiar with God's voice by meditating and studying the word of God. Jesus said his sheep will know his voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. As you tune your inward ear to the voice of the Spirit, you'll soon be able to recognize it as easily as you recognize the voice of your dearest friend. And I thought, thank you, Lord. I was hoping all of you would have read that during your special moment yesterday. But since you didn't, I would read it for you. Would you turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1? I want to go back to a scripture that we dissected the first part. And now we're going to look at the second part today before next week. And can I just say, if we get through this today, uh, next week I will be talking about how to identify the voice of God that is speaking to all of us. And for some not aware, for those to become more aware. Hebrews chapter 1. Have you got that? Beginning at verse 1, it says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, say last days. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. And we could go on and do a whole series on what it's going to do next. But let me read it again. He has spoken to us in these last days by his son. Tell me again, uh, when did the last days begin? 2,000 years ago. When Christ was raised from the dead, when he left, the Spirit of God came, the last days biblically began. And so we are in the last days whether that means Jesus is coming back this afternoon or whether he's coming back in 100 years from now, 
Nobody in here knows. We can look at the signs. We know the seasons. Every generation has thought Jesus would be coming back, including the Apostle Paul. And I believe we're supposed to believe that. There are those who believe that it is closer now than it's ever been, and I would agree with that because we're closer now than it's ever been. Did you get that? But whether he's coming back this afternoon or whether he's coming back in a hundred years, you and I, as children of God, need to be able to hear the voice of God. We talked about why I need it first for me. Can I just say, this morning when I woke up, I wake up and one of the first things I hear is the Father speaking to me. And I have conversation with the Lord long before I get out of bed, long before I open up my Bible, long before I do the formality of prayer, can I just say to you, conversation with the Father is prayer. We'll talk about that. But me hearing the voice of the Father is first for me. It's not for you. I'm not going into my time with God. I'm not going into my study. I'm not going into my private time going, oh God, what do you want me to share with them? And he and I have no relationship. No, that's not the issue. My hearing God is about me, what I need to hear. First for me. Then for me to be led by him all day long. Then I do go to him and say, God, what is it you want me to share on Sunday? What is it you want me to share at the funeral? What is it you want me to share at that Bible study? What is it you want me to share at the wedding? I, I go to God and, and I, I hear that too. But can I tell you, it's first for me. To hear the voice of God is first for you. I love what it says in Hebrews, in that first part where it says, in days of old, he spoke how many times? Many times. We went through that. It's not like God speaks once and then waits another thousand years and speaks again. No. Many times, many times, many times. Today we're going to focus on the latter part of that says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through who? his son. I want to, um, I want to give you a picture, and I, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. I'm, I'm setting you up, okay? So I want you to know that what it appears right now isn't going to be where it's going to go. Jay, could I borrow you? Are you free, or do you got kids you're looking after? Yeah, I know, Jay, yeah. <clears throat> I, I want Jay to be Jesus this morning. You can just have a seat, because it's going to be a bit... I want to just throw this out there the way the Lord and I were talking about this. There is a belief that a pile of people inside the church have, and that belief is, oh, if I could have only lived during the days when Jesus was on earth, when he was here physically, where we could get together, where we could talk, I could hear his voice, this would have been way better than the way it is now. To have him physically, to have him there, to hang out with him, to walk with him, to talk with him, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to have this kind of communication relationship? Can I just ask you, have you ever had the thought at any time where you go, oh, I wish I had the physical Jesus to talk to right now? Have you ever had that thought? Just raise your hand. Yeah, I think we all have. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, have you ever had a thought? Just raise your hand. 
Yes, you have. I know you have. But there's something inside of all of us that goes, if it was this way, if he was physical, if Jesus showed up, wouldn't that be absolutely amazing? Now, I just want you really quickly, we're not going to take a lot of time, tell me all the benefits it would be to have the physical Jesus in our life. Tell me the benefits, really quick. A hug. Deb. Okay, okay. Already know. Yeah, that was the really wild thing where it said about Jesus, he perceived their thoughts, right? He still does, by the way. But anyway, what else? Say it again. Face to face. What else? Say it again. Free lunch. Oh. Let's close in prayer. This is going south quickly. Can we? Heather. Sense of humor. Instant. Instant healing. Can I just say this really quickly? When, when you read through scripture, next time when you read it, find out that all of those who actually came to where Jesus was got healed. The ones who came to him. The ones that Jesus went to didn't get healed. I want you just to think about that. What else? If Jesus was here, could I be Jesus? Could you be Jesus? Whoa. That's two times deep. Can I just go be like? Yeah. Yeah. Couple more. Say it again. Enveloped love. One more. Fun wedding. Man, we got the food drink thing going on over there, Jane. Fun wedding. What did you just say? Remove all doubt. Okay. We can make a whole list. I want you to think about this. If this is Jesus, and I had a question, and I came and said, Jesus, here's, here's the issue. Uh, I'm thinking about doing this. What, what should I do? And Jesus instantly knows the will of the Father. He speaks to me, and he says, call. This is what you need to do. Would there be any question in my mind? I would hear him with my audible ears. I'd walk away, and I'd go, I know exactly. I know what I'm supposed to plant on that field. I know which car I'm supposed to buy. I know what I'm supposed to give my kids at Christmas. It wouldn't matter what the issue is. I could go to him, hear it physically, walk away. I would know that I would know. Can I ask you, would there be a boldness inside of you if you knew? Would there be an absolute assurance? Okay, uh, who is it who makes the statement, faith comes where the will of God is known? Who said that? Oh, you should have been here Wednesday night. Bill Winston, he goes, faith begins where the will of God is known. When I know the will of God, I have faith, I can believe it. If he told me, if Jesus told me, I'd go, I know it. I believe it. I have faith. I'm going to do it. Including if he said to me, call, step out of the boat. Walk on the water to me. To be able to hear that voice audibly would impact me and I would do things. Can I ask you a really dumb question? This is the setup. If Jesus here in the flesh was God's plan A or plan B. If this was his first choice or his second choice, what would you say it is? Is his physical being plan A or plan B? 
It is plan B. Plan A is for us not to have a physical relationship with Jesus. Plan A is not for Jesus to be on the earth. Plan A is not for us to be able to commune with an audible physical voice. Because can I ask you, are you a human being having a spiritual experience or are you a spirit being having a physical experience? You are a spirit being. Because God is spirit, God's plan A is for us to relate to him spirit to spirit. Flesh to flesh Jesus communication was plan B. Does that make sense? We'll talk about that in a bit. Can we give Jay a hand? Thank you, Jay. I want you, I want you to get this, and I'm, I'm going to say it as clearly as I can, and I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to help you capture it because I'm just counting on the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you a question and say, how is it that Jesus was able to hear the voice of God, the Father, with clarity? How was he able to do that? Sin. Say it again. He was without sin. He was without sin. Spend time alone. God was in him. Part of the Trinity, connected. I want to just share something a little, little vulnerable. Um, everybody knows for a man that purity in the mind is a battle. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that for a woman, self-image, self-worth is a battle. The comparison, okay? That we know that. I just want to tell you, there was a time in my life years ago where, I, where the Lord and I were just having a time together, and the Lord asked me a question. He said, Call. He said, How is it that Jesus kept his mind pure? That was his question. He goes, How is it that Jesus kept his mind pure? Now, anybody have a doubt that Jesus' mind was pure? Okay, no doubt. We, we know his mind was pure, the mind of Christ. Like, like Dennis said, he had no sin. That means he had no impurity in his thinking. Jesus made a statement, said it's not just the man who commits adultery, commits adultery, it's the one who thinks about committing adultery, commits adultery. This is the battlefield. This is where the sin hatches. This is where sin happens, even if I never do it. Let me tell you, in the early years of my life, I was an incredibly judgmental person because my self-esteem struggled. I would never say it out loud and go to people and go and, and tell them what I was thinking, but inside of me, the judgment took place. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying. When you have a low self-esteem, you put people down inside of you to prop yourself up. God had to deal with that. But when the Lord said to me, he said, Call, how did Jesus keep his mind pure? I'm getting smarter where I don't normally answer the Lord. I used to try, I used to do the Job thing. I said to him, I said, I don't know. 
I had some thoughts. It was like, well, he was the son of God. Well, he was God. Well, he was part of the Trinity. Well, he had no sin. Well, I'm, and I went through those things. I didn't say them. I thought him. He heard. And I went and I said, I said, I don't know. I said, how did he? Do you know what Jesus, you know what the father said to me? The father said, Jesus didn't. His question was, how did Jesus keep his mind pure? And the father said to me, Jesus didn't. I stopped. I said, what do you mean? He goes, Jesus did not keep his mind pure. The spirit of God in him kept his mind pure. The power of the spirit in him kept his mind pure. Can I tell you? There is a light bulb that went off inside of me. Every man has battled, has struggled, has used their will, has made a covenant with their eyes, has pushed things away, have shut stuff off. You can do all of that stuff and still have this go on in here. When the Lord said to me, Jesus kept his mind pure because it was the spirit and not him. The light went on and went, are you serious? This is not my battle. The Spirit of God can keep my mind pure in the way he did with Jesus? Let me tell you a confession. The next day after that was probably the first day of my life since being a teenager that I went through an entire day with pure thinking. They say the average man, Christian and otherwise, has an impure thought every three to five minutes. Some more, some less. If you've ever read Joyce Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind, every man needs to read that book because the battle is won or lost right here. The men who try and overcome it on their own, we can't do it. The revelation, I can't keep my mind pure. That is the Spirit's job. I remember the next morning I woke up and I said, Holy Spirit, I'm making you responsible for keeping my mind pure because if you don't, it's going south. Can I tell you what the Spirit of God said to me? He goes, it's about time, call. It's about time. I experienced victory in my life in the area of my mind in a way that I had never known it my entire life up to that point. Can I make the transfer? How is it that Jesus, as a full man, 100% human, heard the voice of the Father with clarity? Let me answer, he didn't. The Spirit of God on the inside of him did. God the Father Spirit spoke to the Holy Spirit on the inside. The Holy Spirit spoke to Jesus. He heard the voice of the Father because the Spirit in him heard the voice and made that voice known. Can I just say to you, you can't hear the voice of the Father. It is the Spirit of God in you that hears the voice and it's his responsibility to make you know it. I wish I could do that clearer. 
I wish I could say that, I wish I could say that clearer. But I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to take it from there and to go in the same way that Jesus did not keep his mind pure, the Spirit did, in the same way Jesus did not hear the voice of the Father, the Spirit did, and made it known to Jesus. Can I say this to you? Every one of us have struggled hearing the voice, knowing the voice, recognizing the voice, even going, I can't hear. How come other people can hear? How come they pray and they get it with clarity? I can't, I can't, I can't. Can I just say, there's only one time you should agree with the enemy when he comes to you and says, you can't do this, and you go, you're right. I can't. But the spirit in me can. It is the Spirit's job on the inside of you to hear and to make it known. And we're going to talk about that. I want you to think for a minute. I'd like you to write down a couple of verses, and I, I want to look up just a few of them. Would you, in the book of John, chapter 12, go to verse 49. I want to read these so the Holy Spirit can take them and do something inside of all of us. John chapter 12, verse 49. This is Jesus again, and he goes, For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. He goes, I did not speak of my own accord. That means he did not say any words that were generated by himself. He goes, But the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. He goes, I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Go over to chapter 14. Look at verse 24. 23 says this, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 24, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Go back to verse 8 of 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough. Jesus answered, don't you know, Philip, even after I have been among you for so long, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, the words that I say to you are not my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And we could go on to that famous verse that says, I tell you, anyone who has faith will do what I've been doing and even greater things, but we won't look at that right now. I want to ask you just a really quick question. When the Bible says in the former times God spoke in many and various ways, but in the last days Jesus came... Can I, can I ask you, what, what really was the purpose of Jesus coming? Other than dying on the cross for our sin, paying the price, breaking, what was the purpose of God speaking through Jesus for a three and a half year period of time? What was the purpose? Say again? Teaching. Can I, can I just say this? 
was there wrong teaching on earth in the church when Jesus came? There was a pile of wrong teaching. Can I just ask you a question? Is there wrong teaching in the church today? There's pile of wrong teaching. I want to encourage you every time you come in here, I want to encourage you every conference you go to, I want to encourage you every, read you every book you read, you take what you hear, you go into the Word, you say, Lord, show me if it's in the Word. There is piles of stuff that is coming through different churches. I can name them all. Stuff that is coming through that is not biblical. It is not correct. It is not of God. It is false teaching in these days. The question is, is somebody going to pick it up? Does somebody know? Can I just tell you really quick? A couple of years ago when there was 10 of us went down to London, Ontario, and we did the Y campaign. We ended up going into one area that was mostly Muslim populated. There was a church inside of that. It was a Pentecostal church that was inside. They were the ones that we were working with. They were going out and doing the distribution. That Sunday, we decided that we were going to go to the church. Those of you who are with us, we went to the church because we wanted to be a part. We helped distribute. We wanted to go. We sat in the church. After the service was over, we drove to Niagara Falls. We spent the next couple of hours talking about, and while we were in the church, I wrote down 10 things that the pastor spoke that were absolutely unbiblical. Absolutely unbiblical. How many of you were there with the London campaign? How many of you? How many of you remember our conversation from London to Niagara Falls talking about the teaching that happened in the church that was not biblical? And one of the questions I asked is, I said, can you tell me there were things that were spoken here that weren't right? There were some who went, I didn't pick that up. I didn't pick that up. Some went, I did pick that up. I got that. I had a question. When I heard that, something went off inside of me. It's like, that wasn't right. I'll tell you one of the things that went off inside of me, I was going, God, I want our people to be at a place where they're, if, if they're somewhere and they're hearing stuff that's not right, I want them to pick it up because they're hearing the spirit on the inside. Let me give you the classic. Our best friends when we were in Edmonton, they went to a baptism. They were invited to a baptism. They went to an evangelical church. They quoted the scripture. You've heard this. This is the one I'm telling you that if you hear something, you stand up with me. With God, there is no longer male nor female. Slave nor free. Jew nor Gentile. Gay nor straight. And they just kept on going. Now, can I ask you, how many of you, if you heard that scripture being read, you would go, hey, when Jesus came, he came because in the church there was a pile of teaching that was unbiblical, it was ungodly, it had painted God with the wrong picture of who he was. When Jesus came, he came and said, I am here and everything I speak is the truth. It's going to undo the distortion. It's going to repaint a picture of God. It is going to make it so that lies are being exposed. Can I ask you, why, why did the religious leaders get so torqued with Jesus? Why? Why were they so angry? I can tell you why. Because when he spoke truth, it shined the light on all of their controlling false religious doctrine. Three and a half years. And I'll tell you, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit had some disciples capture a pile of what was said, put it on paper so it would not be lost, so we have it for today, because that word is still exposing false doctrine today. 
Why else did Jesus come? Why did he come? It's what it says. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Question, did he heal the sick? Is sickness a work of the devil? Why is it being taught in evangelical churches that sickness is the teaching tool of God? Totally. It takes all the responsibility off of me and goes, well, I prayed, I'm still sick, so I guess God wants me sick and he'll teach me through the sickness. <laughs> really? Why else did he come? Came to seek and save the lost. I, I don't want to go here today, but I just want to throw this out to you. Isn't it amazing that for the first 30 years while Jesus grew up until he entered ministry, how many millions of people on the earth do you think died and went to hell while he was just growing up preparing for ministry? Isn't that interesting? But when he came, he came to seek the lost, he came to save the lost, didn't reach all the lost. Really, one of his big things was he came to multiply himself so when that seed fell in the ground and died, all of a sudden, a hundred others Jesus would spring out. And I love exactly what Terry said. If Jesus was here in the flesh, really, what would be the incentive of me being Jesus out in the world doing all the stuff did when he's right there? We would just say, hey, go and see Jesus. He's in Stetler this afternoon. And can you imagine people coming? They got an issue. They come to the church and they go, where, where is Jesus now? Oh, he's in New York today. Okay, we're all going to fly down to New York because the, the church can't do what Jesus can do. We've got to go find him. Let me just throw out, have any of you watched the series Messiah? Messiah? Okay. I just want to throw it out there, Messiah. Uh, Jane and I have watched, there's not that many, I don't know how many episodes, there's not that many, we've watched it all. Is there seven? It's quite interesting because it's a young Middle Eastern guy, um, doesn't identify himself to be Muslim, but the way the show is producing it, it makes it appear like he is Jesus in this day, doing the miracles, walking on water, raising the dead, doing the whole deal, and the church is just either questioning or flocking after him. Now, you'll hear it. There's a lot of teachers out there who are slamming it and going, this is antichrist, this is promoting antichrist, this is preparing people for the Antichrist. They're going to be deceived. They're going to be led away. The producers, get this. Roma Downey, Mark Burnett. The same producers that produced the Bible AD. Powerful series if you've not seen it. Both born-again, spirit-filled believers who are producing the, the show Messiah. That alone for me has the jury out. I'm not convinced that this is preparation for the Antichrist and all of the way that it's being presented. But if you end up watching it, just watch it with caution, would you? Watch it with, with interest, but watch it with caution. But can I just say to you, when Jesus came to the earth, he destroyed the work of the enemy. He exposed the father of lies. He made it such that we would be equipped when false prophets, false teachers, false pastors, false antichrists would rise up and speak in Jesus' name. He made it 
so that you and I would be able to identify. Here's what he said. A stranger, my sheep will not follow. They will identify the voice of a stranger. I'm not going to say any names today. But I am going to tell you that some of the teachers you are listening to on YouTube, some of the ones you're listening to on podcasts, some of the ones you're listening, are very boldly speaking the names of leaders, pastors, teachers out there, and are condemning their teaching. Some of them I don't agree with at all. My question to you is, if you were to hear the voice of a stranger today, would you know it? If you were in a Pentecostal church and the Pentecostal pastor was speaking and declaring things that were not biblical, would you know it? Would you pick it up? I want to say we have to get there. We have to get there. We have to be able to hear and discern with a clarity that goes, that is a stranger, I'm not going there. Father, is this you? Yes, okay, I hear your voice. And can I say this? Because it's the Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus to hear, it's the same Spirit in us that empowers us to hear. Because of Holy Spirit, we will hear with the same clarity. Go ahead, babe. Did you all hear that? Okay. I want to tell you one of the big main reasons why Jesus came, and I'm going to end on this today. I want you to understand one of the main purposes of Jesus coming because Jesus being here physically was plan B. It was never plan A. We were never to have a relationship with the Father through Jesus. We were never to have a third-party relationship. When Jesus was on earth after three and a half years, what did he say to his disciples? Too bad for you that I'm going because it's to your benefit that I stay? Or did he go, it's to your benefit that I leave because I'm not supposed to be here anyway. I am going to the Father, and when I go, plan A is going to kick in. After I leave, plan A will kick in the way it was meant to be in the garden, the way it was meant to be all down through time, the way it's meant to be until Jesus comes back and we go to heaven, he's going, it's to your benefit that I leave. Can I just say, having Jesus in J, having him here, even in the church today, God would go, that's not to your benefit. That's to your detriment. Can I tell you why? If Jesus was in Stetler today and we were here, would he be with us? That's a dumb question, isn't it? If Jesus was in Wuhan, China right now, physically, and we are here, would he be here with us? And let me give you one other one. If after service he went home to Virgil and Rosa's house and had lunch, would he be in my house having lunch with Jane and I? The limitation of Jesus in the flesh was such he's going, not, for you to, not good for you to stay, for me to stay. Guys, this has to leave. Guys, I need to be out of here. And when I leave, 
when I leave, it's going to be to your benefit. I want you to make a list. Would you write this down? He goes, when I leave, what's going to happen? Plan A. Plan A is that you will experience what nobody in the Old Testament experienced before. You will experience what I experienced when I was here on earth. Can I ask you a question? When did the Holy Spirit fill Jesus? When did he fill him? After his baptism? Okay. So Mary, Mary goes, to see Jesus, goes to see Elizabeth, right? As soon as they come in contact, whose baby leapt? John leapt. Jesus' baby, Jesus baby didn't leap. At the sound of Mary's voice, John the Baptist leapt. Was the Holy Spirit in John the Baptist or on John the Baptist? On. 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 How did John the Baptist, when he grew up, Jesus' cousin, how did John the Baptist know that Jesus actually was the Messiah before he started doing anything? Here's the indicator. What was it? God told John, God told John that when you see someone where the Holy Spirit comes and what? Remains. So John saw the Holy Spirit come on Jesus and saw that he didn't leave, didn't disappear. Saw that the Holy Spirit went into him. Jesus is saying this. It's to your benefit that I go, because when I go, you are going to experience the same thing that I did. And would you write this down? Holy Spirit, in you. Let me just throw a really quick teaching out there. Is it possible for the Holy Spirit to fill someone who has sin in their life? Is it possible for the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit to enter into someone who has sin in their life? No. Why in the Old Testament did the Holy Spirit not enter into any person? He landed on them. He empowered them externally. But why could he not enter into any person in the Old Testament? Why? Because the sin was covered and not removed. There's a reason why when God was on Mount Sinai, he said, don't let any animal or human touch this mountain because if they touch my holiness, they will what? Die. There's a reason why behind the curtain in the Holy Holies, he goes, the priest has to sacrifice for himself, has to deal with all of his sin because if he walks into my presence in holiness, what's going to happen to him? He's going to die. The pomegranate bells are going to stop ringing and they're going to pull them out by a rope. And they did that with priests. They pulled out priests with a rope. Because holiness cannot enter into the presence of sin. Sin cannot live in the presence of God. Can I just say to you, the reason Jesus came is to deal with our sin so that we could qualify to have God inside of us. If the Holy Spirit is in you, that means your sin has been dealt with. That means in a moment, you have been made holy. That means you are the righteousness of Christ. You have become the Ark of the Covenant. You are now the Holy of Holies. Why? Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. He came to qualify you to have God inside of you. Did you get that? Let's write down. He says, John 14. Here's a whole bunch of them. 
When I go, the Holy Spirit is going to come and what? Teach you. Let's do an exercise right now. Right now, just look at me for a moment. For the next 10 seconds, I'm going to teach you something. Okay? Ready? Go. Okay, what did you pick up in the last 10 seconds? What did I teach you? I'm not a very... Thank, thank you, babe. <laughs> Would you just extend your hand in that direction right now? What did I teach you in the last 10 seconds? If you don't hear something, you can't learn. He goes, when the Spirit is going to come, he's going to what? He's going to teach you. That alone says that the Spirit of God on the inside of you is going to do to you what he did to Jesus. He is going to speak to you. He's going to teach you. In fact, the Bible says the time is going to come when you and I won't need teachers. Do you know why? Because we got the tutor on the inside. We got the tutor. Every week, my daughter-in-law, Lisa, has somebody drive up to her house, and she has a child who comes in, and she tutors. I don't think there's ever a moment when she sits there in total silence and goes, did you pick it up, kid? He said, the Spirit is going to teach you. That means we will hear his voice. Write down the next one. He will remind you. Now, I know this. I just met with a couple this week. I'm not going to mention them. But the conversation was about one spouse reminding the other spouse because the one spouse forgot. Can I just say it wouldn't matter what couple because they could have been talking about Jane and I. Have I ever had to remind you of something? I mean, sorry, the other way around. Have you ever needed to remind me? Okay. Let me just do this. I'm going to remind you Friday night, if we were here Friday night, and I said, I'm going to remind you of something right now. And I went, I go, okay, did you get it? What I did inside of me, I was reminding you to turn your clocks ahead one hour. How do I remind you? How does Jane remind me if she doesn't open her mouth? Can I just say to you, I am not smart enough to pick up what's going on in Jane's mind. Jane is not smart enough to go know what's going on inside of my mind. There's not a single one of us who's smart enough to do that. But he says, when I leave and the Spirit comes, he's going to remind you because the enemy is going to come to make you forget. My Spirit is going to remind you when you drive away and your wallet is on the ground because you are taking chains off by the time you're driving. Stop! It happened this week. He backed the truck up. He shined his light and found his wallet in the dark. I was walking out of the house, going to my vehicle. I'm getting in. I'm driving. The Holy Spirit goes, call. You didn't do that. I stopped, pulled back. I went, thank you, Holy Spirit. Reminds me. The Spirit reminds me every day that I'm loved. Because I forget. The Spirit reminds me every day, Colin, open your mouth. You are a speaking spirit. Don't be consumed. Open your mouth. Faith is voice activated. He has to remind me. Can I just say this to you? When a wife is always reminding, we call them a nag. If we have to be reminded by our spouse, we shouldn't call them a nag. We should have a name for us who need to be reminded because if we didn't need to be reminded, we wouldn't need to have a nag. But can I tell you, when the Holy Spirit reminds us, he's not a nag. He's saving our life. When Kenneth Copeland made a statement and said, I was getting symptoms for three days, I was fine. And he says, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reminded me, go back to the word, read the word, look at it, read the word. He said, I was called back to what I needed to do. 
He goes, within hours, it was totally gone. He goes, three days. I forgot. He goes, how could I forget? After teaching this stuff for 50 years, how could I forget? Can I say to you, we have a lot of spiritual help forgetting. That's exactly. We were sitting there together. He was, he was quoting stuff, just quoting, and the Lord said, go back and read the word. That's exactly. That's a great distinction. Anybody here need to be reminded of anything that God has taught you? Anybody? Just anybody? If Jesus was in Stetler and I needed to be reminded of something today, how well could he do it? Let's write down a couple other things really quick. I want to give them to you. The Holy Spirit will be what? With you. Here's the beautiful thing. Jesus is in Stetler. Holy Spirit's with me. Holy Spirit's in Wuhan, China. The Holy Spirit's with me. I'm going to my house. He's with me. You're going to your house. He's with you. You get in your car. He's with you. I get in my car. He's with me. The Holy Spirit, when he's inside of us, doesn't matter where we go. The highest mountain, he's there. The lowest ocean, he's there. Doesn't matter where you and I are. We all got him. Jesus can't do that in the flesh. Would you write this down? He's going to make known the Father's words. John 16, 14, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to make known to you the words of the Father. Let me say it again. The Father spoke. The Holy Spirit got him. The Holy Spirit made Jesus know what the Father's words are. He's going, that's exactly how it's going to work with you. The Holy Spirit is going to empower you to hear the words. You won't hear them. The Holy Spirit will empower you to hear them. Can I just say to you, we had the conversation on Friday, is God a respecter of persons? No. That means if anybody can hear his voice, everybody can hear his voice. Let me give you a couple more. Would you write down counsel? John 14, 12. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be the counselor. He's going to counsel you. Would you write this down? He's going to lead us into all what? The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Can I just say this? Unless you and I are hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, we are going to be deceived. We are going to be deceived. We are going to believe some things that are lies to be true. And the only way it'll happen is when the Spirit of God lets us know what the truth is to expose the lie. Let me give you one last thing. Would you write down things to come? Things to come? Can I, can I ask you, with all the coronavirus talk, does it scare the hell out of you? Or does it ex put, the, put the excitement of heaven in you? What, what does it do? What does it do? Don't think about it? Don't think about it a great deal? Are there people out there that are absolutely consumed of this thing? Totally consumed. You know, here's the cool thing. When this stuff happens and you end up having a conversation with God, isn't it cool to think the Holy Spirit is inside of us telling us of those things that to come? So when things are coming, we look and go, I already knew that. I know that plagues are coming. I know that viruses are coming that there's no cure for. I know that there's going to be this kind of stuff happen. When the Holy Spirit tells you, 
It's when you're caught off guard that you're shaken. But when you know in advance, he's going, the Spirit's going to come and tell you what's coming so that you are not freaked out. What happens if you can't hear him? Freaked out. In fact, when you can't hear him, you become just like a non-believer. And you've got to get things through the news as compared to getting things directly from the throne. Can I encourage you? Would you write down John 14, John 15, John 16? Would you write down those three verses? I encourage you. I implore you. If sometime today, tomorrow, in this next week, I would encourage you to read those three chapters every day. Would you, between now and next Sunday, that's 21 times, I would like you, to, I mean 21 chapters, I'd like you to read them every day. Allow the Word of God to speak to you about when the Holy Spirit comes, what He's going to do. We're going to talk about how to hear the voice of the Father, how to hear the Holy Spirit from the inside of you to identify when He's talking so that you and I will know. Here's what the Word says. You will recognize the voice. You will recognize. We're going to talk about recognizing with clarity. With clarity. With all of us. With clarity. Not because I count on you to hear or me to hear, but because the Spirit in you, that's His job. And can I just say He's darn good at it. Any questions on anything today? Evangeline? Not a question, just an insight. In alternative medicine, my head speaks to my body, my body speaks to my head. In my physical body, I have boundaries. In my spiritual body, it's more like a mesh. When I'm a non-Christian, I have a void, and Satan flows. Me, Satan, flow in and out. When I am filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and God flow in and out and communicate with each other. And my heart hears, my head hears my heart, and my heart hears my head, and we speak together. We're going to talk all about that. Anybody else? Would you bow with me? Father, I first want to say thank you for your word. Thank you that there were those who captured the words of Jesus when he was here on earth, straightening out the lies, revealing the truth, but bringing us to a place where in these last days we could hear you clearly through your son. And because of your son, for you to put us back into the place where you, Holy Spirit, could dwell not just with, but in. Doing the same thing with us that you did with Jesus. Empowering him to hear the voice of the Father with clarity so that everything he said, he heard it from the Father. Everything he did, he got it from the Father because of you, Holy Spirit. Give us revelation what that's all about. I ask that you would unveil every one of the eyes of our heart as we spend time in John 14, 15, and 16. I ask that you would give us incredibly clear revelation, Jesus, that it truly was to our benefit that you leave. 
We want to say thank you, Jesus. You did not remain in disobedience. But because you left, you qualified us to have the same spirit that raised you from the dead, that dwelt inside of you, that heard the voice of the Father living in us. What an evidence of the holiness that you have given. Seal what was from you today and remind us, bring it back. And in these days, Holy Spirit, teach us, tell us those things that are coming so that we are never caught off guard. Thank you for empowering us to hear your voice with clarity. I declare to you what you already know, that the Lord has blessed you and he's keeping you. The Lord has caused his face to shine on you and he has been gracious to you. The Lord has lifted up his countenance upon you and filled you with his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody receiving said, Amen.